Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. We're back! <laughs> it's been so long. Oh, what a nice little break we had. It was nice. I spent the whole time being ill. You, before, I will say before you got ill, I know that you were in Australia. Oh yeah, I did go to Australia. You didn't, because you didn't feel sick there, right? No, I felt great. Cool. As it turns out, my body is not meant for, like, winter climate. <laughs> I think, because I went to Australia, and my body was like, get it i feel mm. so good mm-hmm. i lost weight on their trip sure that's weird i think well i think that makes sense were you not as stressed out i wasn't stressed vacation. out vacation <laughs> i wasn't stressed it was like we ate i mean australian food is like meat you seem very like fresh right like surf and turf kind of yeah i mean we were we were in melbourne in the coastal area so mm. yeah there was a lot of seafood mm-hmm. but just like in general i had like eggs every morning and for lunch, usually we would have some sort of meat type of dish mm-hmm. out and about, and then same for dinner. It ended up being, like, really well-rounded meals. That's awesome. Yeah, and we stayed with Taj's family, and they make – I mean, her uh, aunt and uncle, her uncle is, like, an amazing chef. Oh, wow. He's such a good cook. Mm. And so he would make, like, delicious curries for us oh. and rice and, I mean – Just, like, beautiful and prepared at home. Right. With, like, vegetables food. and yeah. meat, and yeah. it's spicy and so good. Yeah. And you can eat, like, a lot of that without getting fat. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I ate a lot of it. Yeah. It's a lot of beautiful food, and just like I talk about in the central you, it's like you want to – that's actually one thing that happens a lot for people who are straying off in, a like, a Whole Foods, any type of challenge. They're like, oh, my gosh, I like, I'm not – they're scared to eat a lot of fresh food because it has a lot of volume. So it's yeah. it, like visually, it's kind of like, oh no, like if I eat that much, I'm going to gain weight. Right. But Where you could like, eat like uh, five heads of broccoli yeah. without really taking in a ton of weight gaining stuff. And it's going to have all these other properties that are going to be anti inflammatory and a lot of nutrients and minerals yeah, and that's fiber true. and all that's this true. good stuff. So yeah, beautiful fresh food. We got to eat a lot of it. Yeah, so I ate a lot of beautiful fresh food. <laughs> we also had ice cream like every single day, so Balancing. there's that. Yeah. But I swear to you, I lost like three pounds while I was there just from being relaxed. Yep. Uh, it's a biggie. It's a biggie. <sighs> and I gained so much tan. Oh. And I came back and my <laughs> skin, rege- I've never experienced this before. Hmm. Even while well, we went to Hawaii last year and I was, the last day I got sunburned, I was perfectly like, I didn't get a sunburn the whole time we were there. Mm-hmm. And then I got a sunburn on the last day. And mm-hmm. so I came back and my skin, like, peeled. Mm-hmm. But this time I was just tan. And then I came back and my skin just wanted to jump off my body. Oh. I was so dry. I, oh, I, like, geez. I've never experienced that before. My skin was attempting to escape. <laughs> You're like a snake. Yeah. Because it was 85 degrees the wow. day we left. And wow. then we got here and it was, like, 7 degrees mm. and then it went into the negatives the following week that's a nice jump oh it was so intense yeah we took a hundred degree swing yeah that's too much too much but it was so fun i'm glad that's know. awesome. and now now it's i feel like we enter the season where there is no vacation 
Mm-hmm. January through June. Yeah, we moved through the holidays, and now it's like hunkering down into 2017 and starting everything that, yeah. that entails. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, but <laughs> I did book a trip to Costa Rica. Hey, so it's Feels not until April. More warmth. Yeah, yeah. It's not till April, but it is gonna be amazing. Yeah, and our April is here too. There, they can be so varied depending on the year. Yeah, so it could be like a nice easy springy april or it could be a blizzard yeah so it might get out you can have snow on may 1st yeah you can Uh, yeah anyway (laughs) how was your holidays my holidays were good i um i got very sick i got like my i get like a classic winter cold yep i tend to like i don't always get this so i was kind of bummed i got it um, I didn't realize I was getting sick, and then actually it was the last time Hannah and I met up. We were doing some office work together about the podcast, and I was sitting across from her and like could not stop shivering. And then I went home, got my temp, was 102.5 oh, degrees, gosh. and then I was like, okay, that was the worst of it, and my fever broke the next day. I was like, that's cool. Okay, my body just needed that big fever. And then it was like two and a half to three weeks of a lingering cough yeah so i feel yeah with the cough it mm-hmm. just happened to me and it's not fun when you feel like you can't talk and you have to talk yeah because your job <laughs> is talking your job yeah um other than that holidays were really low-key really quiet family's good they're in town didn't have to travel much so that's good i had a lot of tom and jerry's yeah <laughs> do you ever have that have you ever had that so good tell me about it well, I've had it since I was little. My mom will heat it up, and it's like you open it up. It looks like a bucket of whipped cream. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I literally don't know the ingredients. Pretty sure number one is like sugar. Number two is dairy. Dairy. Milk. <laughs> dairy. Cream. Dairy Cinnamon. Stuff. Did you find it? Lunds and Byerly's classic Tom and Jerry batter. Yeah. Is it a drink? Oh, yeah, so you take the batter the and batter you, drink. Yeah, mm. you put it on top of the hot water. <laughs> uh-huh. Or if you're an adult, you put it on top of hot brandy. Mm, yum. Um or like oh, gotcha. yeah, a yeah, mixture yeah. of warm water and brandy. And yep. then you sip it and you put a little cinnamon stick in there so you can mix it around and then you sip it and it tastes so good. Traditional Christmas time cocktail. Mm-hmm. The variant of eggnog with brandy and rum. Yeah. Added and served hot. Yep. Oh, I'm a fan of that. And it's like eggnog, but it's better. I don't <laughs> know. At, Hannah gets to look at the insane photo. Wow, like I wish glorious. mine looked like that. Whoa. <laughs> like dripping down the side, super frothy. Yeah, that um, is not what ours looks like, but it's very good. Mm. It's a it's a family tradition, so I feel cool. like it brings back warm memories as nice. well. But in a, And uh, I drank too many of them. Because okay. you really can't have that much eggnog. Yeah. Like, you can't. It's Your body's like... Oh, my stomach. The uh, the cl- the classic recipe for eggnog that's in the Joya cooking is <laughs> it's incredible because it's like, y- you know, it's full of sugar. It's full of cream, which is glorious. That's why we want to be drinking it, right? But the amount of alcohol in that recipe, it's at least 50-50, like other oh, liquid yeah. to alcohol. And it's like, mul- I mean, I was, yeah. it's like cups on cups on cups. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, you can't drink that much of it for the alcohol, but also because of the the milky creaminess it yeah. fills you up yeah and it's like eating a dessert and then you're also eating dessert because it's christmas well yeah and um i know elton brown 
he uh, he recommends that people make it like two months in advance, and then you let it because it's full of alcohol and sugar, so it's not gonna so go it bad. So it ferments, and it like gets like deeper in flavor. So I've always wanted to do that, but I forget about it until Ooh, Christmas time. Well, my birthday's coming up in February. <laughs> we can start now. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, let's have eggnog in February. I mean, why save eggnog just for Christmas when you can drink it through the rest of the winter, which lasts until June? Eggnog. Eggnog. That's right. Eggnog. Sweatshirts and eggnog. (laughs) Right in front of your fireplace. (laughs) Yes. Let's do it. Sounds great. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Sounds like it maybe won't quite fit into my subject for the day. Uh, Duh. No. No. (laughs) Not even a little. No. Should I dive into it? Sure. Okay. Why don't we just go head first? Jump in. Since some. now we're in 2017, we're starting our life fresh. We are. <sighs> I was very excited for 2017, and I usually don't set goals or intentions or resolutions. I'm like, meh, I want to get a somersault, but I've wanted that for like a decade. But this year is like, I think I need some specific summer stuff. Summersault, is that what you said? Uh, somersault. <laughs> Still can't do one. <laughs> Somersault. Yeah, I thought you said me. summer swole. <laughs> oh. I just always want my summer Yeah, I mean, swole. everyone wants to be well, summer swole. Yeah, let's be real. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking about ketosis and kyphosis today. Two beautiful K-words. They're not really related, but they sound They sound similar. nice together. They yeah. So they both have phosis. <laughs> Wait. Osis. Yeah. So ketosis, what is it? It's a metabolic state where the body relies primarily on fat for energy. So when our diets, our human diets, have enough carbohydrates in them, our body actually will choose to run on glucose, which is carbohydrates, right? So whenever we have glucose available, whether that's coming from any type of carbohydrate, so sugars or starches, processed, unprocessed, whole grains, bread, whatever, if we're getting those in on the regular, our body is going to use it up first. It wants to use that for energy, and it wants to use it for quick energy. So if we're always getting fed glucose, we won't. our body won't switch over into ketosis. Good. <laughs> Wait. Not good. Depen- Wait. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Depends on the person. Okay. We'll talk about it. So... <laughs> The word ketosis, that, okay, we, we talked about the, oh, the suffix. The Yeah, we talked about the suffix, but the prefix of the first part of the word, keto, is short for ketone bodies. So ketone bodies are a type of fatty acid, um, and they're more or less byproducts of the liver, um, a liver process that converts protein to glu- glucose. So when, our, when we're in that state of ketosis, we're using and burning off those ketone bodies Basically, mm-hmm. in a in place of glucose, so we're using that for our quick energy. Okay, I want to make um I want to differentiate ketosis from ketoacidosis, which is a separate um, and not a good state. That's not what I've heard about much yeah. or at all. So ketoacidosis is an unsafe metabolic state. So ketosis is safe; it's appropriate um, when it happens. Ketoacidosis is an unsafe metabolic state that's um, typically a risk factor more for people who might have type 1 um, diabetes or type oh. 2. So, so they're like <clears throat> too low. Well, here, here's what happens. Mm. So the basic idea is that the person who might have type 1 diabetes, they can e- be eating a huge load of glucose and be actually be getting glucose in. But since their pancreas doesn't produce insulin, um, that glucose in the food isn't able to be used for energy. So they have glucose in their system, but their cells are starving for so energy. So they just have high blood sugar 
and no energy and their body is burning fat at the same time right so it's um <laughs> it's tough <laughs> it's a scary it condition doesn't sound good no um typically people it doesn't sound like something most people have to worry about Right. If you're, if you, if that's a risk factor for you, you typically know that because your doctor has spoken to you about it. Um, yeah, and it's, it gets scary. So your body basically produces produces too many ketone bodies, which are type of fatty acid. Like I said before, those imbalanced fatty acid levels are correlated with inflammation, dehydration, brain tissue swelling. Mm. So some scary stuff. Anyway, we're not talking about ketoacidosis. We're talking about ketosis. Okay which is appropriate for a lot of people to be in. So what does ketosis do? It helps some people restore healthful body weight levels, um, especially for people who might be sedentary, who aren't really using their muscles very much. So they don't need a ton of carbohydrate. They don't necessarily need to be refueling muscle um, glycogen stores, which is what glucose does. It gives you that quick energy. So it can also help people regain um, some insulin sensitivity. So if they don't have type one um, or, you know, issues with if diabetes isn't necessarily on the table for them but they're looking like they're starting to be not so insulin resistant because their bodies are always getting in glucose choosing to be in a state of ketosis could be an option to help kind of fine-tune the system i've heard a lot of people who have autoimmune disorders use ketotic diets Mm -hmm. to manage that yeah so for me um telling someone to eat in a certain way to Put their bodies into ketosis isn't something that I would typically recommend. It's ex- it's pretty extreme. It's an extreme. If you're truly ketotic, right? Yes, it's an extreme state. So I feel like it's a it's a therapeutic diet versus a diet to play around with. Again, you can play around with it, but it's it's a definite choice. It's not just like oh, I'll try also this for a day or two. Isn't ketosis sometimes a side effect of things like eating disorders? Depends. Yeah, there like some correlation there. Like, uh, for example, um, when I was in college, Mm -hmm. I didn't have an eating disorder, but I did not have a good, like, plan to take care of myself. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. eating very often uh, because I was, like, doing 50 things and just running from one to the next. And I was a vegetarian, so I was eating, uh, like, whatever was available to me, which it wasn't always, like, you know a lot of food or it might be like a salad or something like that so I ended up going into ketosis and Mm. my doctor knew because he smelled my breath yeah and And he was like your breath smells sweet like sugar yeah and you smell like maple syrup I smell like maple syrup everywhere (laughs) I went we've talked about this before but I would walk into a room and people thought there was like pancakes in the room yeah because I was burning sugars like in in my armpits smelled like maple syrup yeah uh and yeah he was like you are probably not taking in enough, um, like, variety of food. Mm-hmm. Probably not enough food in general. And yeah. definitely, like, not the right foods. Right. So he helped me, like, flip that whole thing on its head. But Yeah, and it, it can totally be a state that your body, again, your body flips into it to protect you. It wants fuel. It wants quick fuel. So it's going to use those ketone bodies if they're available. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like you were noticing, it's not. Ideally, it's a choice we're making when we're yeah. falling into ketosis. So we're doing uh, yeah. it for a reason. So, I was playing sports, too, at the time. So yeah. I was, like, practicing in the morning and at night. Yeah. And then during the day, I was eating vegetarian, but I was eating, you know, like, th- only three times a day. Mm-hmm. Only when the meal, like, the lunchroom was open. Yeah. And as an athlete, that's... 
yeah and a I low don't, amount of food right and yeah. I feel like I wasn't eating like I was I was eating carbs but I think I was eating like almost no protein mm-hmm. so I don't know if that contributes to it as it well it does and I'll talk about it yeah, yeah so I had like such a low protein diet yep and that I was taking in carbs but I was still ketotic yep so oh. it wasn't good it's like part of the reason <laughs> I stopped being a vegetarian yeah because I was even noticing it when I started to do CrossFit, I started mm-hmm. to notice that smell again, that maple syrup smell. Yeah. And like, there's nothing wrong with smelling like maple syrup. You smell damn good. But yeah. I knew. A sugar factory. Yeah, I knew what it was from. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, I don't want to get smaller. That's yeah. not why I'm doing CrossFit, to get tiny. And I will say too that ketosis and choosing to be in ketosis, yes, I'll talk about the therapeutic diets that people, um, or the therapeutic reasons why people choose to be in that. There's some people that, it feels really good to be in ketosis yeah. and they like to do it long term. They do weightlifting, they do a lot of cardio, they do a lot of strength training and they feel good. So mm-hmm. with this, it there's always always bioindividuality. Oh yeah. For this sure. is something that I don't I think a lot of people will say, Hey, it works for me. Why don't you try it? And yeah. again with this podcast it's just saying, let's learn a little bit more about it and then see if that's applicable to exactly. you in your situation. And so. if you're if you're in it by accident, you might wanna check in. Yeah. Because yeah, I was in it from not eating enough food right. and eating, like, really low-nutrient density Options. food. Yep. Yeah, yep. and just, like, feeling... Not feeling great. Yeah, not being feeling in it, being and, like, yeah. and getting smaller, like, yeah. losing... Not losing... Like, losing fat, yes, but losing um, muscle. muscle. I wasn't gaining strength, like, right. at the rate that I expected to be right. since I was lifting and all that stuff, and I was really fatigued, so... Yeah. I <laughs> was happy to be not in ketosis, <laughs> right. but now I'm in a really different place seven years later. Mm-hmm. Choosing a ketotic diet would be a totally different experience because right. now I know how much food I have to eat. Yeah. I'd have to eat a lot and often in order to do that, I think. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. So that's the thing, too. What can work for someone in the short term or for a set amount of time might not work for them for some period in the past or in the future. Right, right. So our bodies are always changing and responding to what we're giving them. And our contacts are always changing. So you're weightlifting more now than you I'm sure ever have before mm-hmm. definitely more than seven years ago even if you were active seven years ago oh yeah so. I just started CrossFit so yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was doing <laughs> um, anyway so if we're looking at it from a therapeutic standpoint the people who with studies are showing that it can have a nice therapeutic effect would be people who are very much inactive and are looking to lose upwards of 50 pounds mm. so they're not really engaging their muscles they're not they don't necessarily need that quick energy. Um, they're not too worried about muscle glycogen stores. And really, if they can switch their body over into fat-burning mode, which is what ketosis is, yep. then their body can start to burn off those excess body fat stores that they have. So I should actually say, before we talk about this, um, we've been alluding to it the whole time, but how do you actually get into ketosis? It's It's how you choose the foods that you're eating. So it's going to be a high-fat, moderate to low-protein, and pretty much a low-carb slash no-carb diet. low-protein sounds so sad. Right. So if protein is too high, it's harder to achieve ketosis because Mm. your body can break down protein and use it. Yeah, and use it as fuel. Yes. Yep. So typically that looks like around a net intake of no more than 50 carbs a day, which is quite low. Damn! And that's including carbs from vegetables, starchy vegetables. Um, And when I say net carbs, that means... A lot of, if you get into Atkins or South Beach or diets that are really looking at carb intake, if you look at a nutrition label or you look at how much fiber a food has, you can subtract the grams of fiber from the total carb amount. And oh, that's yeah. your net carb amount. Sure, so sure. the net carb of no more than 50 grams 
to test to see if you're in ketosis, you can notice how you're feeling. You can also notice how you smell, Mm -hmm. right? Do you smell like sweet sugar? Yeah. So are you putting off this smell of sweetness? Do you have breath? Other people notice? Yep. That's when you really know. They can. Um, Does your breath smell? Yeah. So maple syrup, pancakes, apples, feeling like you, or (coughs) smelling like you just ate an apple. Some people would even say coffee. Coffee. Like you smell like a coffee flavor mm-hmm. or coffee scent. Yep. Kind of sweet caramely. Yep. You, I mostly noticed it in my armpits. Yeah. Because, you know, like there's so much sweat coming through there. <laughs> and also, yeah, it's just. Yeah, and you were working out a lot. Yeah. So other- when I was in college, I feel like I noticed it in my armpits because I would like raise my hand and then. <gasps> no. Like, where are the pancakes? <laughs> They're not in my arm. For a while, I was like, wow, I'm just like so sweet smelling. <laughs> My body just gives off this scent. My natural perfume. It's not. No, my natural (laughs) pheromones are not maple syrup. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So people who are inactive looking to lose quite a substantial amount of body fat. People also who have epilepsy or seizures. um, It can be used therapeutically specifically for those conditions as well to help reduce the level or amount of seizure activity. Um, Also, anyone who is maybe has issues with brain tumors or brain cancer, looking at a ketogenic diet. Um, Obviously not my place. If you're doing that, you're talking to your doctor, you have a set plan, Mm -hmm. but studies are showing that it can be a useful tool in those circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, People who are insulin resistant or near it, like I was saying, so can help support that insulin sensitivity to come back into the body. People who shouldn't have it, people with type 1 diabetes, Anyone with a metabolic disorder that affects their metabolism of fats, right? So if mm-hmm. you're trying to say, hey, body, run off of fats, but you already have Your a hard like, time. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be in trouble. Don't do that. Yeah. That's ouch. We don't want ouch. Um, also, because ketosis is similar in some ways to starvation metabolically, because you're signaling, hey, I don't have this abundance of glucose, switch over to this other um, metabolic pathway. People who are looking to increase fertility or who are currently pregnant, typically let's keep those carbohydrates in there, yeah. give you a nice variety of foods too. Okay, last one. People who have thyroid concerns, cold hands, cold feet, adrenal stress, stress in general, carbohydrates are quite therapeutic for that, so I would not suggest taking them out. As someone right. who found paleo like five or six years ago, um, I lost around, well, even before that, I lost around like 70 pounds when I was 14, 15, because my mom put me on Atkins, which mm-hmm. was really cool at the time. Um, but someone who, for a long time now, over 10 years, has realized, okay, carbohydrates come in, they affect body weight, composition, how my body runs. I, for a long time, was like, carbs are the devil. Well, everyone I, thought that. Yeah. I mean. Right. It was a trend. I feel like the whole early 2000s was about how the car- that carbs are the devil. Yes. So as a, I think, backlash to that. For me, as a woman who has a thyroid, who has kind of a funky thyroid, definitely noticed when I started to increase carbohydrates that were coming from pretty fresh, wholesome sources, I felt better. Mm-hmm. I felt like my hands were warmer, feet were warmer, could think straight, had energy to go do stuff instead of wanting to be like curled up under a blanket all day. Oh, uh, yeah. That's yeah. not good. It's a shitty feeling. If you feel that way, you <laughs> should come see Lucia and yeah. she'll help you. <laughs> I will. You should not be under a blanket shivering all day long. No. If you're still shivering under a blanket... Girl, if you're still <laughs> shivering under a blanket. We're going to have you eat some food. Ooh. Yeah. We'll talk Lord. about it. Yes. Um, along the same lines, if you have low energy, low mood, constipation, 
Or even like a vitamin C deficiency. Crabby AF. Yeah. Just taking away the carbs to drop some weight real quick to get ready for something. Ooh, what do you know? (laughs) I was just talking about that with a friend of mine who's cutting weight for a meet this weekend. It's a tough situation. Again, using something like ketosis, I think, can be helpful in the short term. So let's say you do fall into that camp of wanting to lose um, a significant amount of body weight. That's primarily body fat. Great. Let's say you lose that weight. Mm Mm-hmm. And then at that point, maybe you feel like you can be moving more and that activity level starts to rise. And then you find like a gym, like yeah, a CrossFit, and then you start to work out. You start to build that muscle mass. At some point, I think the diet needs to change because now look, your whole lifestyle has changed, right? Yep. So your body is now probably going to feel better if you start to bring in those carbohydrates. So I always like to look at something like being in ketosis unless you have one of those um, medical conditions. That is something that's short term. So you're cutting for a yeah, meat. Yeah, I feel so like ketosis is something that you would be somebody not super super active. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like like I go when I'm close to a meet and mm-hmm. I'm recovering more and I'm resting more mm-hmm. is when I really cut the amount of carbs I'm taking in and increase yep. the amount of fat I'm taking in because I'm not I don't need that energy anymore. Yep. I, I can't imagine. I, I would really struggle with not having carbs if I was lifting. Yeah. And I think that was something, too, that's something that we've worked on is just c- trying to take away some of that carb fear and say, hey, if we want to be growing muscles, mm-hmm. if we want to be looking at what pathways affect muscle growth, carbohydrates need, they have a place. Oh, yeah. They have Gotta a big place. Gotta get them place. gains. Yeah. If you want those gains, want to be on the hashtag gain train. <laughs> so why do we care? Because it's good to know what our options are, Yep. right? If we do want to make a change, that's one that you could implement. Where we're coming from affects how we respond to a diet, like I was saying. So um, I also wanted to put in a note and make sure people understand that you can be paleo, you could be vegan, you can have a certain term applied to the way that you eat and have it not necessarily apply to the macronutrient ratios right. of that diet. right. I mean, you could be paleo and have either a very high fat, well, you have, you could, you, <laughs> you could be, be any. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could still take in a lot of carbs when yep. you're paleo because you could be eating a lot of starchy veg. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. And you could still be low fat. Like you, you can decide what you, you can, you have to manipulate those things how you want. Yep. And then on the flip side, there are different dietary protocols that do look at the macronutrient ratio. So something like the zone diet where it's. carbohydrates, 30% fat, 30% protein. Right, that's the whole diet. Like, you can eat whatever you want, but it's got to fit that. Atkins diet, which, and now it's been such a long time, but I think the range of net carbohydrates is 20 to 50, so it's essentially pretty much putting you in ketosis, and that's why people are using it. Wow, that's so low. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there are a lot of different diets. Some of them look at macronutrient ratios. Some don't. So I would always say, well... Come talk to me <laughs> if you want to be looking at changing your food intake for a purpose, for a goal. Yes. Be it activity, be it body weight, be it a, a health concern or health, something to maintain. Yeah. Do you want to gain weight, lose weight, gain muscle, lose muscle? Hopefully not. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's different. That's true. So my last note is that people can be using... Once you get into, like, bodybuilding, competition stuff, 
muscle gain, fat cuts, any of that, people start to talk about um, carb cycling. Yep. Maybe that's something you've heard about. Yes. Something so, I've tried. <laughs> something you've tried. Yes. So the idea between uh, behind carb cycling is that on days where you have higher activity, you're bringing in more carbohydrates. On days that you have lower to no activity or recovery days, you're lower carbohydrate and maybe higher fat too. So you're that's the theory behind that is that you're saying, hey body, let's switch between these two, kind of keep you guessing, keep you being able to move between fat burning and sugar slash carbohydrate burning. So some people debate, debate whether that can actually happen. Right. I feel like it's nice to be aware that carbohydrates give you that quick energy mm-hmm. and fats give you the long burning energy. Protein kind of gives you in the middle, middle burning energy. Um, so yeah, if you have a day where you have a lot more to do, please eat more. Please. <laughs> and try eating some more carbohydrates and notice how it makes you feel. Just Not take a big deal. notice. Yeah, just take notice. That's, at the end of the day, so much of the stuff, it's just, hey, notice how you're feeling. Yep. And that's okay. Check in with yourself. Just check in. So my challenge for you, Hannah, mm-hmm. or for anyone really, is if you want to be playing around with this but not dipping into actual ketosis is going to take a few days. That's a pretty... Um, that's a major decision that you're making. You're preparing meals to support that decision. So my challenge is going to be just a little dip your teeny tiny pinky toe into it. We're not going to put you into ketosis. But what you could try to do. What do do you know? Yeah. I have a meet on Saturday. I'm already well into ketosis (laughs) today and tomorrow. All right. Um, I'm low carb, girl. It feels so horrible. feels terrible, but I'm resting today and tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It does start to feel better if you are in it long term. And for people who are less active, it can feel better. Um, anyway. It, it feels fine. I just yeah. like carbs. Yeah. I feel totally fine. Yeah. I just want to eat a lot of carbs because <laughs> I taste the best of the food. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone does want to try this out, what they can do is try eating primarily fats and proteins and those less starchy vegetables. So green leafy, leafy greens or peppers, onions, any of that. Try eating just those for your first two meals of the day during less active days. And then maybe at the end of the day, then you're bringing in those starchier options. So you're yeah. saying, hey, body, for the majority of my waking hours, I'm not really getting in that's those sources of carbohydrates. And you can notice how, how it feels. It can feel nice for a lot of people. Great. Ah, ketosis. 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 State of sugar. The burning. <laughs> what did I just talk about, Hannah? <laughs> You're not, not sugar's burning. <laughs> State of not sugar's burning. Very good, very good. You want to Oh, man, I'm so far into ketosis, my brain doesn't work. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, let's talk about kyphosis. Oh, kyphosis. I've been saying it wrong the That's whole right. time. You only said it once before this. Um, it's chi, K-Y-phosis. I Kypho- spelled it right. I just didn't say it right. Damn it. Kypho means hump. <laughs> State of hump. Sorry. That's great. Don't, you shouldn't have told me that. Yeah. <laughs> State of hump. So kyphosis, BT dub, we've talked about lordosis before. Kyphosis. Kyphosis and lordosis are normal. That's like the normal term. It technically is like hyperlordosis and hyperkyphosis, but that's too long, so no one uses that. Mm-hmm. Everyone just refers to them kind of interchangeably. Mm-hmm. If so you, technically your spine is always in thoracic kyphosis and lumbar lordosis. If you want to catch up on our lordosis episode, it was episode 16. So just FYI, just heads up. So technically it's hyper 
Kyphosis. So we're just going to use kyphosis. Cool. So it's easier. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it means excessive curvature of your thoracic spine. Love it. So if you had, like, if your lumbar back is extremely curved, you're going to have lumbar lordosis because it goes the other direction. And can you tell people where your lumbar what part of your back that uh, is. If you don't know where your lumbar spine is at this point, you have not been listening. <laughs> your low back above your booty. Yeah. Um, and same with your um, cervical spine, which is like your neck. Mm-hmm. That's in lordosis mm-hmm. as well. So you have that curve, the S curve yep. on, your, on your body. Right. You can get hyper lordosis in both those areas and you can get hyper kyphosis. Mm-hmm. So kyphosis, we're looking at the middle of the back, the thoracic spine. You're, you can think like from the top of your shoulders to the bottom of your rib cage. Cool. Is where your thoracic spine essentially yep. is. So when you have this hyper curvature of your thoracic spine, excessive amount, meaning more than 50 degrees curved, that is going to put your, the rest of your back at more risk. As you can imagine, if you had like a, pogo stick (laughs) i wish i did right and you were trying to like bounce off of it Mm -hmm. if it was kinked in half Mm -hmm. you couldn't possibly put force in the right place right there'd be too much torque yeah right your spine is not quite the same because there is purposeful deloading of force in the spine Mm -hmm. so you have that curve so that there is the, the load doesn't just sit on top of your lumbar spine. Right. It's like equally um, dispersed throughout and also more it, like more able to absorb shock. Mm-hmm. But you don't want it to be so curved that you can't even apply force right. down the full length of the spine. So it's just applying in a certain area. Mm-hmm. So that's why we care. There's like, a, as it turns out, a lot of types of kyphosis. Really? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of reasons why people have it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's one type that we'll talk about, but there's there's other medical types gotcha. for reasons why people have it. Yeah, osteoporosis related kyphosis. Mm. So this is what you see in older folks, people who are suffering from osteoporosis. Adults that are usually elderly people or um, people who've had some small fractures mm. in their bones over time from yeah. lack of calcium or from uh, from something else mm-hmm. um, you might see them having a stoop or even a pretty distinct hump yeah. in their back that right. hump that you see on people that's thoracic spine okay so you can imagine it'd be really hard to hold weight yeah. on your body in that position yep um that's more common in, in women than than men mm. but it's but you can see it in, yeah, in it. everyone yep Congenital kyphosis, so that's that way you would see it in babies, mm. infants, um, young children. They would have like a present hump or extra curvature on their back because of some spinal, you know, deformation yep. of the spinal column while yep. they were in the womb. Right. Degenerative kyphosis is wear and tear on the spine over time. So we might actually see this in people who are athletes. Sure. Um, spinal arthritis mm. or degenerative disc. Mm-hmm. So you hear that degenerative disc a lot. Yeah, you do. I don't know. I think sometimes maybe that's overdiagnosed. Uh-huh. The, just a phrase gets thrown around a lot, but that is also a reason that you might see kyphosis in people is because they're having degenerative disc. 
So their discs are are slowly wearing away mm-hmm. and they're having a hard time staying stacked. That sounds so painful. Yeah. Ugh. And like it might be something that they're having um because it's, you know, genetic or mm-hmm. it might be because of some of the other things that we are looking at. Like just the constant pressure yeah. in the wrong directions. Yeah, it can be overuse. Can also be, I mean, there's some nutrition stuff that goes into that too, right? Yeah. For any of this. Like that. Yeah. Like there's degenerative disc like as a disease and yeah. then there's degeneration of discs because of poor nutrition. Yep, or osteoporosis, right? Yeah, so malnutrition. Calcium. Yeah. Um so that might be something you would see in someone who's like getting under nutrition. Yep. Someone who is has an eating disorder, you see more kyphosis in people with eating disorders. Yeah. Um and generally you see, you know, spinal health deteriorates with that. Mm-hmm. People who maybe live in a country where they have less access to proper nutrition. Yep. You're going to see earlier degeneration of discs in those folks too, mm-hmm. so um, neuromuscular kyphosis, this is like uh, something you might see in people who have cerebral palsy mm-hmm. or spina bifida, muscular dystrophy, things yeah. like that where where it's connected to some other form of um, some other disorder that's calling, causing neuromuscular problems. Yep. Nutritional kyphosis, we, t- we kind of touched on that. Vitamin D deficiency is one of the biggest, you know, things that leads to that. yeah. So again, like you have people, strong bones. Yeah, I mean, people who who are under eating is where we're gonna see the most of that. Yeah, um, Ricketts, Tiny Tim. Sorry, yeah, Ricketts, it came back it's to true. me. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you. I mean, if you see like a picture of somebody who has had anorexia for a long time, they look stooped. Yes, that's not like a postural choice. That is nutritional yeah, kyphosis. Um, traumatic kyphosis may be a spinal fracture or an injury in the ligaments of the spine. That would might be that could happen for a number of reasons, but um, that's obviously these are all going to be more rare. Latrogenic kyphosis. Latrogenic means as a result of medical intervention. Okay. So. Yep. A complication of surgery, some surgical treatment of the spine might have caused this problem, and then. This is the more common form, postural kyphosis. Oh. <laughs> you slouch. Yeah. Girl, you slouch. <laughs> Basically, you slouch too much and you have bad posture. Mm-hmm. So postural kyphosis would be over time, mm-hmm. bad posture leading to this excessive curvature. That's the one we see in like 75% or more I just feel like of people in the gym, I swear. If you're working on a computer and how many mm-hmm. of us are and you're having to sit, even if you are if you do think to get up and stretch, like the majority of your day yeah. is hunched over on like a laptop especially, not even yeah. like a desktop or a standing desk. I don't Ooh. know the actual statistics of like how many people actually have kyphosis because so many people, I mean most people are not diagnosed with right. kyphosis. Right. But if I look at people, I feel like I see it in in – most people mm-hmm. when you see someone with particularly good posture doesn't don't you feel like it stands out people are like wow you have such good posture yeah that's because <laughs> they don't have kyphosis yeah they don't have you know hyper so kyphosis yeah and then you're like wow that's what a back is supposed to look like yeah so why do we care <laughs> well you can imagine if your spine does not stack in the way it's supposed to it's going to be extremely challenging to load your spine Mm -hmm. and if you're an athlete you're probably (laughs) loading your spine every single day yeah or if you're not an athlete and you carry a child 
carry a backpack, carry a purse, carry a tray groceries. of lunch yeah. food, carry your groceries. Mm-hmm. If you're loading your spine at all, it's going to cause pain somewhere in your body unfortunately it might be in your thoracic spine that you feel that pain but more than likely it's going to be somewhere else Mm -hmm. because you don't really feel I mean a lot of people don't even know where the thoracic spine is they're not aware of it at all yeah you don't feel as much pain in your thoracic spine it tends to offload pain onto your low back (gasps) lumbar spine all there yes you might have both kyphosis and lordosis your spine's all sorts of wonky yeah and that's putting tons of pressure on your low back Mm. uh we were actually i was talking about this to someone yesterday in the gym who i believe does have lordosis and kyphosis Mm -hmm. and what i would say is that this person has false mobility Mm. in their spine Mm -hmm. because they they look extremely flexible because their low back is hyper lordosis Mm. so very very flexible in that one direction Mm And they have very, very loose hamstrings, can do the splits, Hmm. can touch the floor with their hands, with their legs straight. Yeah. But their upper back, mid-back is super tight. Interesting. So the problem is, like, someone like that might get into a position where, let's say they're trying to do a bridge. So you put your hands, you lay down, put your hands on the floor behind you, lift your body up into a bridge. All of the flexibility there is going to go to the low back. Right. So your low back is going to sharply bend in yeah. a way instead of your whole spine right. holding the load only your low back is going to yeah and what does that lead to herniation of the disc oh god no and i can speak to it because it happened to me oh my gosh yes because queen because i have although both are getting better both are getting better um having a tight thoracic spine and a mobile lumbar spine mm-hmm. can cause a, dura- a disastrous recipe of pain in your low back yeah. and herniation of your disc. Um, and that's harder to come back from. It just takes time to come mm-hmm. back from that. And also, side effects you might notice are pain in the shoulder. Mm. If you try to hold something over your head, but you're not stacking on your spine, then you're just holding it on your tendons. Yeah. So your rotator cuff, you might have pain in your lats, you might have pain in your biceps tendon, your supraspinatus, you name it. If yeah. it's part of the shoulder, it probably hurts. <laughs> you might have neck pain. Yeah. Uh, you probably have a low back pain. Mm-hmm. You might have sciatica mm-hmm. or symptoms of sciatica in mm-hmm. your butt. Uh, pain along the outside of your leg. And it's crazy because a lot of times when those things get diagnosed, they don't always look to the thoracic spine. Sure. The first place they go is the low back. They're like, well, your low back is weak, but your low back might be weak because your thoracic spine is so tight. So they're not looking at the full body. Yeah, it's hard. And people, especially when they get hurt, that's like, like when people say they hurt their knee, they always think, oh, I need to fix my knee. But if your Mm -hmm. knee hurts, you got to look up at your hip, which means you have to look up at your butt, at your back, and up up your spine. Mm -hmm. So everything starts from the spine. The thoracic spine and the lumbar spine are super important if they don't have the... If you don't have spinal health, everything else will start to fall apart. Mm -hmm. So that is always the first place I look. When people say they have shoulder pain Mm -hmm. is, okay, well, what does your thoracic spine look like? I've never seen somebody with a mobile thoracic spine. Oh. But it should be. When they have pain. Oh. (laughs) Let me be clear about that. Yeah. 
But you I, have when you one. see people, you can with, get it. Oh yes, <laughs> I've seen many people with mobile thoracic spines. Uh-huh. They're called gymnasts. Oh man, <laughs> but that's not always the case either. Lots of gymnasts can get tightness in their thoracic spine too. Mm. Um, but I've seen lots of people with mobile thoracic spines. I've never seen somebody with shoulder pain who has a mobile thoracic spine. Okay. So I've never seen someone say, I have pain in my shoulder, but then, I, like, you know, the source of the problem is, for me, it's always been there first. Yeah. yeah. Every time I've seen it. So that's the first place to look is mm-hmm. thoracic spine. How tight is your is your spine? Can you get into a thoracic lordosis position? <clears throat> Can you lay over something mm. and have your thoracic spine bend the other way? Right. The answer is no. <laughs> Then you have hyper hyperkyphosis. Is this going to be the challenge? Because I feel like I need to go yes. to try this out. So you can try it. Even You can even start with like a pillow mm-hmm. underneath your thoracic spine in the middle of your back. If you can touch your head and your hips to the floor, ideally your shoulders and hips to the floor. So it's under it's under the shoulder blade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 If you could do it with a foam roller, that's even better. Yeah. But start with something small if you've never tried this before. Start mm-hmm. with something like... I mean, you don't want to do like a can of soup, but right something that elevates your your middle back off the ground a little bit, but keeps your hips on the floor. Mm-hmm. If you can't then stretch over and touch your shoulders or head to the ground, you might have kyphosis. I bet you could even do it with like a small like paperback book, like a, a yeah fl- a flat kind of thin book. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You could do it with a yoga block. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do it with a rolled up yoga mat. Yeah. Or a towel. Mm-hmm. A towel, towel would work great. Roll yep. it up. Stick it under your shoulder blades and see if you can get your hips and back and shoulders to the floor. Cool. Um, that's a great way to tell kind of where you're at. Mm-hmm. If that is extremely painful, like you're having a hard time breathing, feels painful, you should probably do it more often. <laughs> <laughs> Try to relax over it. And like uh, most people I tell to do this, it takes a long time, like minutes at a time, days and days for months. Yeah. You know, you have to do it consistently. Yeah. And then you have to address your postural problems. Right. Once you have your your thoracic spine to a place where you can stack appropriately, mm-hmm. then it's all about gaining the strength in your core that you need to support that stack. So then you look at the front of your body. Yeah. Yeah. So every time I like help somebody who's dealing with pain, I always go with mobility first, stability second. Mm. So get mobile and then stabilize when you're mobile because otherwise you'll go back to being immobile again right? without any sort of stability. So like lay over your foam roller, open up your thoracic spine, and then you can do a stability exercise, which would be like sitting up against the wall and goal posting your arms up mm-hmm. and extending your arms overhead with a perfectly neutral thoracic spine. Mm, gotcha. So making your body move in a stable position while you're in the correct spinal curvature. Right, so you're not compensating. Yes. And after that works, then you can add some weight overhead. Mm. But what I see too often is people want to put a lot of weight over their head, and they never want to stretch stretch their thoracic spine. They see it as someone else's problem. No, that's your back. Yeah. (laughs) Your back. Yeah, they don't want to take the time. They don't have any interest in it. Um, They want me to do it for them mm-hmm, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. uh or maybe they want a quick fix too yeah so they try it once or twice or even for a week yeah they're like well i stretched before this yeah but the problem is it took years to get your posture to look that shitty yeah so it's gonna take a while to unfold it too mm-hmm. and especially when i like you see people with um 
like a turtle, like a turtleneck. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When they Where turn to like, the side and their chin is jutting forward. Yep, sure do. So that's really bad kyphosis. Yeah. And you can only imagine how hard it's going to be for that person to turn that around. Mm-hmm. Other places you're going to notice kyphosis, um, or what it's going to prevent you from being able to do besides overhead movements, kipping. Interesting, yeah. And you can really see it if you watch somebody kip if you're sitting in front of them and their arms bend, their elbows bend and they turn out to the side. Sure. <coughs> That's them trying to overcome their limited thoracic mobility yeah. by using their shoulder socket. Sure. So what do you think that's going to lead to? <laughs> shoulder problems. And elbow problems. Yeah. Sometimes even wrist problems. Sure. Like all those pains, wrist, elbow, look up. Yeah. Shoulder pain, look down. Yeah. Thoracic spine, all starts in the middle, baby. Oh, get that middle. All starts in the middle. Low back problems, butt problems, go up to that thoracic spine. If your thoracic spine is tight and your upper back is weak, guess what? Everything else is going <laughs> to suffer. 2017 is going to be the year of the spine. Yes. Yeah. Spinal health is so important. And chiropractors oh. know it. Yeah. Doctors know it. People who work in fitness know it. But usually people who have the problem don't know it. And I feel like, too, if someone is seeking out chiropractic care, or there's someone that maybe feel like they don't they don't hold an adjustment or they have to go in chronically, then I think that would also be a sign that there's something more that they need to address, that the chiropractor can't can't quell that issue yes that's like there's still you still do need to look at mobility yes really at your lifestyle i mean ideally you go into the chiropractor and you get them whatever they do cupping scraping they maybe do an alignment yeah and now your thoracic spine for the moment is in proper curvature now is the time to add an appropriate load right and practice stability so like do a plank Mm. hold a damn plank yeah for two minutes like do something that can help you make sure that you're staying in that proper alignment. And that can help start to signal your neurology. Just yes. say, hey, this is appropriate. Yes. Yeah. Like sit up tall and hold a plate. Mm. Load your spine when it's in the right position. Mm-hmm. So if you're wondering if you have kyphosis in your thoracic spine, you probably do. Because you are most people. <laughs> and most people have some level of kyphosis. Yeah. Even if it's not something that's caused you, or even if you can't really see it from the side, mm-hmm. here's some ways to check. <laughs> Can you put your arm behind your back without your shoulder dropping forward and internally rotating? Okay. On both sides? Yep. Stickier on one side than the other. Yep. We're doing it now. Yep. Yep. Um, can you go into a deadlift position, so a hip hinge? Mm-hmm. And keep your chest up. Okay. I'm visualizing. Okay. Can you hold your arms over your head Uh while your back is pressed flat against the wall, including your lumbar spine? Hmm. (laughs) Boom. Most people are going to be like, no. No. (laughs) So you can't stack appropriately when your lumbar spine is in control. Mm -hmm. Then you know what's going to happen when you put weight over the top of your lumbar spine. Right. It's going to feel really bad. So you probably have some thoracic kyphosis. That's okay. A lot of people do. Here's how you manage it. Mobility plus stability. There's lots of ways to get it more mobile. There's lots of ways to increase stability. But whatever you do, you have to pair those two things together. Mm. So if you're going to go into a a class and you know you're going to do overhead work that day, make sure you spend the time to lay over a foam roller, to open up your thoracic spine, to 
um, do some spinal twists mm. to uh, do some shoulder exercises to stretch that whole back area. Mm-hmm. Get your posterior spine, your posterior chain and your spine mobile and ready. And then you can load it with some form of weight or weight bearing at all, which mm-hmm. could be body weight. Mm-hmm. Like a handstand is a great weight bearing exercise. Cool. A plank is another mm-hmm. great weight bearing exercise. Um, even sitting on the wall and moving your arms, yeah. holding a, a tiny plate in both hands and just pressing straight up overhead right. when your spine is in the right position, that is a stability exercise. Mm-hmm. So get it mobile and then work on it while it's mobile. And when Hannah says plate, uh, I think she means that. Like, like a, a two and a half pound plate. Like a w- for weightlifting, not like a dinner plate. Oh yeah, a dinner plate <laughs> could work if you put something heavy on there. Yeah. But not, yeah, do something light. You could even take a milk jug, you mm-hmm. know, and hold it overhead. Yeah. Um, but it's going to lengthen the lifetime of your body in terms of Please. what you consider living. Yeah, right. right. Functional. Yes. You want your body to be functional. Yeah, functional health. I mean, when you see elderly folks, like, that th- thoracic kyphosis only gets worse. Mm-hmm. And it only becomes more problematic for mm-hmm. health. Right. It becomes more problematic for even just walking because you're leading with your head starts to throw people off balance. They have to use a cane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could lead to lots of other problems like compressed lungs. It might mm. be hard to breathe. <sighs> lots of things. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. So it's something worth addressing now while you're while you're thinking about it, while you have the opportunity to do it, while there's still possibility to make change. Yeah. And it's so worth it to prevent injury. <laughs> I feel like you should write a book called It Starts with the Spine. Oh, <laughs> I should. Yeah, I really should. Ebook. Trademark. Um, so, yeah, kyphosis kind of ties into our low doses episode. It's all the same idea, mm-hmm. which is in, in the case of lordosis, we didn't talk as much about mobility in the spine. We talked mm-hmm. more about mobility in other pieces of your body, like mobility in your um, hip flexors. Right. But in in our thoracic spine we really have to think about mobility first mm-hmm. and re- you could do it right in the spine like break up some of those fascial connections that are causing you to be hunched yeah get rid of your hump state yeah bring it back to a normal place yeah if you need help you can ask me to look at it <laughs> be like coach do i have kyphosis or you could take a picture of yourself trying to do a deadlift or a um, flat a yoga position like flat back mm-hmm. We still haven't looked up the, the word for that. Um, I think most people just, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying, where you press your hands into your shins mm-hmm. with a flat back. If you take a picture of yourself in that position, you'll be able to fairly distinctly see if you can keep your back flat at the upper at, right. in your, in your thoracic area. Right. It's very obvious, to me at least. Well, that's good. Yeah. A lot of people have the ability to keep a neutral spine in their low back, and then their upper back is like, whack. <laughs> <laughs> And then they have a really hard time. When if I say something like "open your chest," they just lift their chin, but yeah. their shoulders stay drooped. Sure. And then that's going to cause problems in your upper in your neck. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel pain in your in your um, cervical spine. Yeah. We don't want that. No. So deal with your back, <laughs> your whole back, your whole back. If you have shoulder problems, it's because you have back problems. Mm-hmm. If you have low back problems, it's because you have you have thoracic problems. <laughs> if your butt hurts, you might have thoracic problems. If your freaking ankle hurts, <laughs> you might want to look at your thoracic spine. Yeah. So challenge from Hannah this week is 
take care of your stuff. No. <laughs> my challenge is to do one, every week. one thoracic mobility exercise, roll up a towel, lay over it, try to hang out there for three to five minutes, mm. followed by one stability exercise. You can choose one minute of plank or sit up against the wall, arms in goalpost, keep your arms and hands on the wall, press all the way up to extension. You mm. can do it with... Out any weight at all. You could do both if you wanted. Cool. Mobility followed by stability. Awesome. Do it. Please. Do it. For the health of your back. Yeah. Good stuff. Good talk. Oh, love it. <laughs> uh, good. This will be our first ebook. <laughs> Thanks everyone for joining us this week. Um, happy 2017. Mm. Big shout out to our producer Taj, who is helping us stay on a more rigorous <laughs> podcasting schedule. Yep. So these, this episode was only recorded a few days ago as oh. opposed to weeks ago. Yay. So everything's going to seem really relevant now fresh, to you. Fresh. Yay. Thanks, Taj. Yeah, Taj, you're the best. You're like, um, you're like uh, the dream you have when you eat your favorite food before you go to bed. Yeah. Like pizza. Oh, pizza dreams. Pizza dreams. Mm. And uh, check us out on our, our new podcast hosting place <laughs> yeah hosting site noise picnic <laughs> noise picnic is our new f- podcast family and we're happy to be part of it yep and you should check out all the other noise picnic podcasts because they're super funny they're great they're, they're all very funny really good listens yeah we're the only health related one <laughs> they're all very funny yeah. and interesting and clever and you should check them out and give them a listen cool and if you want you could leave us a review on itunes yeah we would appreciate that. Even one review could bump us up on the iTunes chart where we are very low at the moment. Help spread the word <laughs> of balanced health and wellness. Yeah, share us with your friends. Yeah. We love you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Cool. Sulcana Cast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulcanacast.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulcanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.